Hey guys, welcome to the Remember Truth Podcast. Our hope is to inspire you to hide God's word in your heart through scripture memorization. Each week, we will cover a new piece of scripture and memorize it as a community. Matthew 4, 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So join us as we learn the word of God together. Hey, Sonia. Hey, Rizal, what's up? So by the time this episode comes out, we will have turned 27 years old. 27! Can you believe it? No, I feel old. (laughs) I do too. 26 was wonderful and I so loved it. But 27 just sounds like, you know, you're getting up there. You're you're getting close to the 30s. Yeah, 26 was our golden year because our birthday is August 26th. Yes. So tell me, what was your favorite thing about 26? (gasps) Oh my gosh, you're putting me on the spot. (laughs) Okay, so... When I turned 25, my life changed in all the ways. I moved to New York. I got married. I got a new job. I made new friends. Everything just changed. And I think that year was just me figuring things out. So 26 looked like me settling in my life here, Mm -hmm. you know, being comfortable in my my home, in my neighborhood, um, establishing more solid friendships. Yeah, just, you know, figuring out things in in marriage. And so I think I would say 26, what I loved about 26 was that I now feel settled in my life. What about you? Yeah, so 26, a lot of change happened for me as well. So I had Levi a week after I turned 26. Oh my gosh. So (laughs) I became a mom. I quit my job to be a stay-at-home mom. Yes, girl. Um. Which those are big things. But also in 26, we launched this podcast, which I think is super exciting and like a really big goal of ours. So 26, I think, was a really good year. Yes, 26 was so fun. And we were also given the best birthday gift this year. Our husbands gave us the birthday gift a few months early. Rizal, why don't we finally tell everyone what the gift was? Which, okay, if you follow us on Instagram, you already know what this, well, yes. we, never, we never said what it was for, but our early birthday presents were tickets to see Justin Bieber live in Brooklyn. Justin! It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And honestly, this is something Rizal and I have literally been waiting for for 12 years. I remember being a freshman in high school, 14 years old. And thinking, I want to go see Justin. We were begging our mom. And you know what? At that point, it just wasn't possible. Yeah. I mean, the tickets are pretty pricey. And so every so time expensive. he would come on tour, I think I would just talk myself out of it. Yes. So same thing happened this year. I was like, babe, Justin Bieber's coming. He's going to be at Barclays. We have to go. And, you know, after talking about it, we were like, you know, I don't think this year's the year. It's expensive. Maybe next year. So I'd given up hope again. And I thought, okay, year 13. We'll go next year. Um, But then our husband surprised us in the most fun way. Yeah. So I have a, what? Do you remember what CD it was? Ooh. Oh, Christmas. His Christmas album. Okay. Yeah. So we have his, the old, like, CD cover still case 
of the Christmas album and somehow it was in my car after all of these years yeah. and Trevor found it and so he stuck two like tickets in there yes. and then closed it and then when we were together he came up to me and he was like babe look at this like old CD I found and I was like oh cool <laughs> thanks <laughs> but he was like you should open it so when I opened it there were two tickets in there and I just remember you and I like started dancing blaring Justin Bieber music no, Rizal immediately got on the table and started dancing. <laughs> okay, so why don't we tell the people how it went? It was the most magical day of my life. I'm not even kidding. Like, it exceeded all expectations I could have ever had. I just remember standing there before he came out, and you and I were just, like, giddy. Like, so happy. Like, did not know how to control our emotions. And then Justin Bieber finally comes out. And he's, like, on an airplane or something, some type uh-huh. of jet. I don't know. And they bring him out and the music starts playing and it gets dark. And I, <laughs> of course, we're like screaming our heads off. And I look over to Rizelle and she is crying. She's <laughs> crying. Like tears are coming down her face. And then I immediately start crying too because I'm just overwhelmed with emotion. And it was the best night of my life. Yeah, it was good. It was like so good. We had the best time. It's just sweet because like you said, we've we've loved him since we were 14. And this has just been a super long dream of ours to go yes. see him in person. And the fact that we got to do it together. Together. And then our husbands, like, I mean, Trevor flew me to Brooklyn to yes. spend a few days with you For and one go weekend. to the concert. So it was it was super special. It was the and, best um, we got t shirts. I honestly still wear mine. Like, I wear mine at least once a week. That's hilarious. I actually wore mine two days ago, I think. (laughs) Yes, I love it. Justin, we love you. I know at some point you will be listening to this podcast. Yes. We love you. We've loved you since eighth grade. And we're grateful for all that you do. Your music is an inspiration to all of us. He's so sweet. And you know what? Justin Bieber loves the Lord. I don't care what anybody says. No. multiple times throughout his concert that he talked about Jesus. I just really admire that, that he chooses to share that with the whole world, literally yes. um, all across the world when he tours. I know he's not perfect. I mean, none of us are perfect, but no. I'm just a really big fan of him. <laughs> if you couldn't tell. We love, <laughs> Justin. <laughs> we love Justin. No birthday gift will ever beat this birthday gift. It was amazing. We love you, husbands. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, according to Trevor, it was not only my birthday, but anniversary and Christmas. Christmas (laughs) and probably next year's birthday as well. So, (laughs) yeah, you know what? Nate tells me that the same. He tells me the same thing every time I bring up anything about celebrating. He's like, remember, you already got your gift. I know. I was like, well, dang, like, how are we going to hold this over my head? But you know what? It's okay. It was worth it. (laughs) It was so worth it. Truly, thank you so much, boys. It was incredible. Okay, Sonia, so why don't we jump into the verse that we are going to memorize as a community this week? Let's do it. Okay, so the verse that we will be memorizing together as a community is Ephesians 4.29, and we both agreed the NIV version is just a little bit easier to memorize. So I'm going to go ahead and read that to you guys. It says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Mm -hmm. I have loved this verse for a very long time. I just think... It's necessary for us to think about the words that come out of our mouths, how we're using them to lift people up because our tongues are powerful. So Rizal, before we jump into talking about this first, would you mind praying for us? I would love to. 
Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much that we get to come together and just talk about your word. Lord, we thank you that every time that we open up your word, that we just are able to become more righteous, Lord, and um, sanctified and look more like you, Father. So I just pray that as we dive into this first, that you would convict us, that you would just show us areas in our lives, Lord, where we need to allow your Holy Spirit to transform our hearts, God, and just to help love others more. So we just thank you for this time, and we pray that it is a blessing to all those who hear. In your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Alrighty. So Paul, I think Paul is the writer of all of the books that we have discussed. (laughs) (laughs) But he wrote the letter to the Ephesians and he wrote them, encouraging them to live a life worthy of the calling they have received. And he tells them that their lives after becoming believers should look different than their lives before. And they're not changing the way that they act and worship God in order to earn God's love, but because God loves them. And this is true for us, right? When we become believers, our motivations and our actions change, not because we're trying to earn God's love, but out of gratitude and out of worship for Him and with the Holy Spirit in us, we start to look different and we start to live a little differently. So he tells them to live in such a way that will spur on unity in the body of Christ and build each other up. Because we know that as believers, when we build each other up, it creates spiritual maturity and it also leads to more just intimacy with Jesus. Because we need other believers around us to build us up, to encourage us, to help us look more like Jesus. So in this letter to the Ephesians, this is exactly what he's telling them. And our verse is found in Ephesians 4, 29. And so at this point, he's telling them all the things that you do should glorify the Lord, even your speech. And so this is what he says to encourage them. He says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. When you first came across this verse, what was the first thing that convicted you? What came to mind? Oh, man. Honestly, I chose this verse this week because it is very convicting. I think it is a challenge for all believers. When I think about this verse, what comes to mind is gossip. Mm-hmm. And when you and I were younger, we really struggled with gossip. It was something that we could not get away from in our friendships. I remember thinking in high school, if I didn't talk about other people with my friends, what would we talk about? What would right. be the topic of discussion? And I I just can't believe that that's what some of our friendships were founded in and just talking about other people. And as an adult, thankfully now, none of my friendships revolve around gossip. And I think my friend group does a really good job of not, about not talking about others unless we're doing it um, to find a solution to a problem, to talk about the best way to love them and serve them. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing I thought about when I read this verse. What about you? Yeah, so definitely gossip came across. I think that's just as girls, I don't know. I think it's just difficult to stop, like not gossip. And so um, that is something that I have always or recently have tried to really stay away from is just talking about other people. Truly, I struggle so much with my speech when it comes to how I talk to Trevor, which is so sad because he's my husband. And I, I mean, I love him and adore him more than any 
other person <laughs> in the world, you know? Um, but I just think it's so easy to be mean to him sometimes or lash mm-hmm. out on him. Um, I have an example of this. So the other day, Levi woke up around 4 a.m. He's been doing that. I don't know why. <laughs> but so I'm very tired. I have to get up, try and put him back to sleep. And it was about an hour and a half of trying to get him back to sleep. And he just would not. And so I was <laughs> done. I gave up. And Trevor usually wakes up around 5.15, 5.30 to get up and start his day and go to the gym. So as he got up, I was walking back to our room and I looked at him and I go, he's yours. I'm done. And like just gave him the big, like that's what he woke up to. Like I just gave him the biggest attitude. That was the first thing he heard that morning. Yes. And he was like, whoa, like what happened? He had no idea that I had been up for so no. long. Poor guy. No. And it was because I was exhausted. And, you know, hopefully I don't always speak to him in that way. I was really tired in that moment. But it is easy for me to kind of live in my flesh a little bit easier. I feel like I can hold my tongue more when I'm around friends or, like, family. I don't know what it is. I think maybe it's, like, when we're more comfortable with someone, we just – yes we let kind of our flesh take over (laughs) and just, like, lash out on them. And so something that I want to work on is definitely how I speak to Trevor. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're so right. It's so much easier for us to hurt people that we love because they're the closest to us and they're exposed to us all the time. And so they see the best part of us, but they also see the worst parts of us. What I love about this verse is that it says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths. And so I asked myself the question, okay, what is unwholesome talk? What exactly is this verse trying to tell us to stay away from? And it says, only what is helpful for building others up that it may benefit those who listen. I think unwholesome talk includes gossip, like we said. It can include saying something mean to people we love. It can include slander, vulgar remarks, curse words, sarcasm, anything that is said with the intention to hurt, anything Mm. with the intention to sting somebody. I think all of that is included in wholesome talk. And it's so important that we are careful with the words that we speak because we know that our tongues have so much power. I wanted to read a few verses that I found in scripture about the words that we say. Proverbs 15, 4 says, a gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. So your tongue can bring life to someone or it can break somebody's spirit. Proverbs 16, 24 says, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Don't we want to be that way? Don't we want our words to be like honey to somebody else? Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. That one's crazy. You can either bring death to someone or you can bring life to someone with your words. Then Proverbs 12.18 says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. So we want to be people that when we speak, we bring life. Our words are like honey. They're sweet to the soul and they bring healing to those that we love. That just reemphasizes like how important it is that the words that we say are just thought through. Um, it kind of yeah. reminds me of James one nineteen, where it says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. So I think it's just super important that when we speak, we think about the words that are about to come out, that we're slow to say them, and we kind of evaluate, is this helpful? Is this kind? Is this going to benefit those who listen? Am I in any mm-hmm. way doing saying this to harm somebody or are my intentions to truly lift them up how are they going to feel after they hear these words 
So I do think it would be helpful if we gave our listeners a few examples of doing this poorly because, again, we're not always going to do this perfectly. And I do think, especially with gossip, that it can be easy to kind of tiptoe the line of, is this gossip? Is this helpful? Am I doing the right thing here? So one of the things that I have noticed is that there are hu- there is a huge difference in sharing information with someone that I love about another person that I love in order to be helpful to talk through, hey, this person's going through this. What do you think is the best way to love them in this situation? How do you think that as a friend group, we can serve them? And then there's another example of, hey, friend, my other friend is going through this thing and here are my opinions and here's all my commentary on the matter. Mm. (laughs) And I feel like that's a very fine line. So true that we need to be careful from stumbling into because we always want to make sure that if we are talking about somebody else that's not present in the room, it is to help them and it is to love them. And if it ever crosses into the, oh, but did you hear that they're doing this? And here's what I think about what they're doing. Then we need to stop in the moment and say, okay, that's gossip and we're not going to do that in our friendships. Yeah. Do you think that the answer is to just not talk about it then? If someone's not in the room, just not talking about them. Yeah. That's a really great question. So I think that this kind of goes into like, am I venting or am I actually seeking advice and wisdom from somebody? So if I'm having an issue with a friend and I bring it to another friend, let's say maybe an older woman that I really look up to for advice on how I should deal with the matter, how I should best love my friend in this situation. She gives me wisdom. And if I'm not saying anything that's hurtful, and then I take what I have heard, the advice that I've been given, and I apply it to my relationship pretty quickly thereafter, then I think that's okay. Um, But if I'm just venting, if I'm just sharing something just to get it off my chest, just because I'm having a hard day, just because I want to be heard, I want to complain about something, I don't think that's loving, especially if I'm not going to take the wisdom that I've heard and actually apply it to the relationship. I have also heard a really good rule. It's called the 24-hour rule. If someone brings something to you about another person and you think, hey, this is information that you should be sharing with the person directly, then you give them 24 hours to tell the person (laughs) that they are talking about. And if in the next 24 hours they have not checked in with that person and shared their feelings with them, then you go together as a group and you say, hey, this was brought to my attention. I think this is something that we should all talk about together. Wow. That's kind of crazy. But it sounds like it requires a lot of accountability. Yes. If you are sharing with that other person, it's kind of up to that friend to check up on you and be like, hey, have you actually followed up on the things that we have talked about? Because if not, I think this is leaning towards gossip. And it also requires discipline on the person who is talking. Am I going to even bring this up if I know that I'm not going to go to that person and tell them how they hurt me or what I was thinking about them? And discipline on the other side of like, okay, I've decided that now I'm going to share, I'm going to seek advice, and now I have to be disciplined enough to actually (laughs) go to that person's face and talk about it, which can be so scary. If you're having an issue with someone, know that, again, we just read so many verses about the power of the tongue. So you can approach them about the situation with love, with grace. Make your words like honey, sweet to their soul, and hope that they receive it well. So, yeah, I think at any point if we're talking about someone or talking to someone, we just need to be careful about the words that are coming out of our mouths and make sure that they are loving to them and helpful to the situation. It is also so important when we are speaking to other people that we recognize who they are. I think that 
knowing that someone is an image bearer of Christ is so essential to us being able to speak with speak to them in a way that is loving. James 3, 7 was so, so helpful in applying this. It says, for every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Our tongue is so powerful, and with it we bless our Lord and Father, and we curse people made in the likeness of God. I think if we come into conversations, conflict or not, knowing the person that I am speaking to is an image bearer of Christ, then we know that they have dignity and value. They are children of God, and it will be so much easier for us to speak to them in a way that we would speak to our father, right? Because we can't speak to our father in one way and then speak to his image, his very creation in an opposite way. That is such great advice. If we just took the moment to view people like the Lord viewed them, his children that he loved so much that he was willing to die on the cross for, if we valued people as much as the Lord did, we would be so much slower to speak and be more loving in our words. I do think at the end of the day, if we are not viewing people like the Lord does, it is a heart problem. It's Mm -hmm. um, because we don't believe that people have as much value as they do. Um, Luke 645 says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And so our words are just an overflow of what our heart is full of. And so I do think that if we want to glorify the Lord in our speech, we have to ask the Lord to change the desire of our hearts to see people the way that he sees them. And an important thing to know is that we cannot will ourselves to change. We cannot force ourselves to just be kinder or sweeter or careful with our words. It has to come from a transformation of the heart. And the only way that our heart is transformed is through a relationship with the Lord and allowing the Holy Spirit to change us. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so this is just saying, if you want to bear good fruit, if you want to have speech that is glorifying to me, then you have to remain in me and you have to... um let the Holy Spirit change you. You will not bear good fruit unless you are in me. So that's just a great reminder that when we are not spending time with the Lord, it is easier for our flesh to take over and Mm -hmm. for us to communicate in a way that isn't helpful or loving towards others. If you are hearing this and you feel, wow, this is something that I struggle with. I'm very flippant with my words. I'm not very considerate of how it's affecting others. We are not saying any of this to shame you or to guilt you or to make you feel bad. Honestly, when we mess up, it's just a great reminder of our need for the Lord. We have to remember that there is a war waging within our souls, literally, um, between living in the flesh and living in the spirit. First Peter 2.11 says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Mm-hmm. And then again, Romans 7.23 says, But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of a law of sin at work within me. So both of these verses use that 
use the words wage war. I don't think that we need to believe that we're not good Christians when our flesh wins. It's okay. It's just a reminder that, hey, maybe I need to spend more time with the Lord. I need to change. I need to ask him to change the desire of my heart and just let the Holy Spirit work through me and conform me more into the image of Christ. Second Corinthians 3.18 says, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. So there's so much hope that when we come to the Lord and we ask the Holy Spirit to change our desires, that we are going to be transformed to look more like him. So I just, I just think this is a great encouragement to anybody who is struggling, who has been convicted by this person, realizes that they need help. We have all the help that we need in the Holy Spirit. That's all right. And if you are a believer in a friend group and you're rec- and you've recognized and been convicted by this verse, and you say, "Hey, I think uh, my friend group could do a better job about the way that we speak to one another," we're like really sarcastic, or we always, you know, end up talking about someone and what they're doing in their life. This is a perfect time for you to pray about it, go to your friends, show them this verse and say, hey, I have been convicted. I would love for us to to start keeping each other accountable to saying words to each other that are beneficial, that are uplifting, that make us look more like Jesus. And hopefully they respond well and hopefully it's it's something that they want to do together with you. Now, if you are in a friend group with a lot of people who are not believers, praise God, because we need to be around people who don't know Jesus. Now, we cannot hold non-believers to the same standard, so it may not be the best approach to be like, hey, this verse in the Bible says this, and we need to do this. But what you can do is just decide in your own heart that you are going to start transforming the way that you speak, that you're going to let the Holy Spirit do that in you. And so when you go to a conversation and someone's being really sarcastic or demeaning or whatever it may be, you are going to be there to sprinkle grace into the conversation. You're going to be there to sprinkle love into the conversation, to say things that are beneficial, that are helpful, that help others see Jesus through your words. You are going to be setting yourself apart just in the way that you speak to someone because we know that this is countercultural. If you use your words to strengthen them time after time, they will notice that you are different. They will you, notice the power of your words and they will want to be around you. I love that we can use our words to be a light to the world. And it is an outward expression of what God is doing in our hearts and how he is transforming us. So I think as believers, we just need to rely on the Holy Spirit to change us and know that when we mess up, it just reminds us of our need for him. And the reality is that we are going to mess up a lot. We need to practice every single day is asking forgiveness when we say something that isn't helpful or isn't lifting other people up. And I also think it's great that we forgive others easily mm-hmm. <laughs> when they hurt us, when they right. say something that isn't kind to us. Right. Because if we know that we need grace and we know that we're going to mess up, then we offer and extend that same grace to our friends. And if we know Jesus, if we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, then we can trust that he's going to take care of this on his own. And like we said earlier, we just need to abide in him. We need to run to him and ask him for help in these situations. All right, everyone. We hope that this verse has been encouraging to you and convicting to you. If there's a conversation you need to have with someone about the words that you have been speaking. You have 24 hours or we're coming for you. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you have 24 hours to talk to that person. Um, but yeah, talk to your friend group about how you want to keep yourselves accountable in this area, about how you want to look more like Jesus. Awesome. Well, we hope that you guys have loved this episode and we look forward to memorizing this verse with you this week. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at remember.truth and you can join our Remember Truth Facebook group. The purpose of the group is to foster accountability and create community around memorizing scripture. Click the link in our show notes and head over to join. Also, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so you never miss an episode. See you guys next week.